from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good, good morning and happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. I hope everyone had a nice, relaxing weekend. I hope your summer kicked off well. Yes, uh, last week started the first day of summer, and so I hope y'all got some barbecuing in, spent some time at the beach, the pool, or whatever hobby you enjoy doing. Packed show this Monday morning here for us. Packed, and I mean packed. So many stories from the weekend, so many stories from Friday, so we're going to get right into this morning's show. Before we do, though, um, if you haven't checked out my Substack, started, uh, I posted a new article over the on Friday uh, the nexus of U.S. policy on Taiwan and the national cyber security defense and what the crucial intersection is all about. You can support the show by going to our Substack, jamesazar.substack.com. It's the best way to support the show. You'll get very, very, uh, uh, very exclusive content. Most of my high-level writing is all part of our Substack subscribers. Um, so go support the show there. Again, jamesazar.substack.com. It's also in the show notes. Go check it out there. Now, without further ado, join me for our cup of coffee this morning. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. And let's start this morning's show because we've got a lot to talk about with VMware publishing a software update to address multiple memory corruption vulnerabilities in the vCenter server that could lead to remote code execution. The fix, a total of five security defects, were patched in the software's implementation of the DEC RPC protocol, including four that VMware flags as important with a CVSS score of 8.1. Two of the issues tracked as CVE 2023-20892-20893 could lead to code execution, according to advisory. CVE 2023-20894 is a remotely exploitable out-of-bounds write bugs that can be triggered via specially crafted packets. And the fourth vulnerability, CVE 2023-20895, is a memory corruption flaw. You want to make sure you get your vCenter update immediately. Additionally, a high severity vulnerability has been patched in the popular domain name software Bind. The Internet Systems Consortium released patches to address security vulnerabilities affecting multiple versions of Bind 9, a widely used open source software package that provides internet domain name system services with the recently discovered vulnerabilities. Remote attackers could launch denial of service attacks, according to CISA. The advisory released on Friday said Bind stands for Berkeley Internet Name Domain. The list of bugs patched by ISC includes CVE 2023 and 2023-29-11. Those vulnerabilities can be exploited remotely, and according to the Common Vulnerability Scoring System, they have a severity rating of 7.5 out of 10. The successful exploitation could exhaust all available memory on a target server, making it unavailable. So, Bind is most commonly deployed in DNS server software. It's used by major financial institutions, universities, manufacturers, and government organizations, so you want to make sure you get that addressed if it's in your wheelhouse. Fortinet also fixed a critical Fortinet remote command execution flaw. The company updated its zero-trust access solution, Fortinet, to address a critical security uh, vulnerability that attackers could leverage to execute code and commands. Fortinet is an allow organization to manage network-wide access policies, gain visibility of devices and users, and secure the network against unauthorized access and threats. The security issues tracked the CVE 2023-3329-9 and received a critical severity score of 9.6 out of 10. It is a deserialization of untrusted data that may lead to remote code execution without authentication. All the Fortinac 
products are uh, impacted by this flaw from version 8.3 all the way up to 9.4.2. So you want to make sure you get the updates there if you're on version 7, 9, or uh, 1.10, 9.2.8, and 9.4.3 or above. So there's that there as well. Last week, we talked about the Azure AD integration and authorization bypass. Now, Grafana's warning of a critical auth bypass due to the Azure AD. Those unfamiliar with Grafana, it's an open source analytics and interactive visualization app that offers extensive integration options with a wide range of monitoring platforms and application. Grafana Enterprise App's premium version with additional capabilities is used by organizations like Wikimedia, Bloomberg, JP Morgan Chase, eBay, PayPal, Sony, and many, many others. The discovered uh, account takeover vulnerabilities track the CV 2023-3128 and receives a CVSS score of 9.4, rating it a critical severity. The bug is caused by Grafana's authentication Azure AD accounts based on email address configured in the associated profile email setting. However, this setting is not unique across all Azure AD tenants, allowing threat actors to create Azure AD accounts with the same email address as legitimate Grafana users and use them to hijack the accounts. Grafana, Grafana Cloud has already been patched. The vulnerability exists on all versions from 6.7.0 and later, and they've released fixes for branches 8.5, 9 9.2, 9.3, 9.5, and 10.0. Um, so you want to do that. Those who can upgrade their Grafana instance to a secure version, suggest two mitigation, register register a single tenant application in Azure AD, which should prevent any login attempts from external tenants, add an allowed group configuration to the Azure AD settings to limit sign-in attempts to members of a whitelisted group, hence automatically rejecting all attempts using an arbitrary email. So there's that. How many of us get free stuff sometimes in the mail? Well, the U.S. Army's Criminal Investigation Division is urging military personnel to be on the lookout for some unsolicited, suspicious smartwatches that are showing up in the mail, warning they could be rigged mid -mal with malware. In an alert issued this week, the Army said service members across the military have reported receiving smartwatches unsolicited in the mail and noted that the smartwatches, when used, have auto-connected to Wi-Fi and began connecting to cell phones unpromptly, unprompted, gaining access to a myriad of user data. These smartwatches may also contain malware that would grant the uh, sender access to saved data and include banking information, context account information, such as username or password. Worse than that, it could have some of these devices or what it's connecting to could have national security implications. Malware may be present with access. Um, what's unclear, however, is whether this is an attack targeting American military personnel. Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> Seriously. So, I mean, this also goes, by the way, to your organization is someone all of a sudden getting a gift, a, 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 a IOT device or something of that nature. Uh, what's the policy in your organization for unsolicited gifts, um, potentially uh, pretending to be from vendors? And what's that process like? So we'll keep that in mind. The military now having to tackle that one. And without further ado, y'all, there's some breaches. There going. is a security breach. So let's start with this string of breaches that kind of all broke on Friday. Capital One becomes the latest bank affected by a cyber attack on debt buying giant NCB management services. This is a company that purchases debt. Um, the initial response to the incident focused on former customers of Bank of America, but in new letters filed with regulators in several states, Capital One confirmed that its customers were also involved. Pennsylvania-based NCB initially sent out breach notification letters in March after discovering the attack on February 4th, 
writing that 494,969 people had troves of sensitive financial information leaked. Capital One, one of the largest in the U.S., said more than 16,500 people had information like their physical address, social security number, account number, and account status leaked during the attack. Capital One has filed documents with regulators in Maine and Texas. Capital One and NCB has not responded to comments on this, um, but NCB purchased uh, more than 1 million accounts from several big-name lenders. The company has about 375 employees and brings in about $50 million in annual revenue, meaning likely they never had any sort of security personnel there, not understanding that what they're doing is a prime, prime target. American Airlines and Southwest Airlines also disclosed data breach affecting their pilots. American Airlines and Southwest, two of the largest airlines in the world, disclosed data breaches on Friday caused by the hack of pilots' credentials, a third-party vendor that manages multiple airline pilot applications and recruitment portals. Both airlines were informed of the pilot credential incident on May 3rd, which was limited solely to the systems of third-party vendors with no compromise or impact on the airline's own network or systems. Non-authorized individual gained access to the pilot credential system on April 30th, stole documents containing information provided by certain applicants in the pilot and cadet hiring program. According to breach notification filed on Friday with the Maine's Office of Attorney General, American Airlines said the data breach affected 5,745 pilots and applicants, while Southwest reported a total of 3,009. The investigation determined that the data involved contained some of your PII, such as name, social, driver's license number, passport number, date of birth, airman, certificate number, and other government-issued identification numbers as well although no evidence indicating the pilot's personal information was specifically targeted or exploited for fraudulent or identity theft purposes was found the airline will from now on direct all pilots and cadets to a self-managed portal so business is no longer with that vendor if you're a last pass user which i was and no longer am you're frustrated and furious after being locked out due to multiple mfa attempts so here's what happened with LastPass, and they dropped the ball here again So LastPass users have been experiencing significant login issues starting in May after being prompted to reset their authenticator app. The company first announced that they're doing some security updates and they've reset your multi-factor authentication preferences on May 9th. However, since then, a lot of users have been locked out of their account, a lot, and unable to access their LastPass vaults, even after successfully resetting their MFA applications through one of their favorite authentication apps. Compounding the problems is these customers can't even get assistance from LastPass. Why? Because they can't log in to their accounts, which creates an infinite loop of being prompted to reset your MFA authentication without getting any sort of results. A lot of users complained on Twitter over this. And so, (laughs) again, uh, LastPass here just not having quite the best of luck with customer service over the last several years. And finally, the NSA has published technical mitigation guidance to help organizations harden against Black Lotus UEFI bootkit infections. The the recommendations by the NSA provide a blueprint for defenders to protect systems from Black Lotus, which is a stealthy malware that's emerged in underground forums in late of 2022 with capabilities that include user access control and secure boot bypass unsigned driver loading, and prolonged persistence. To disable secure boot, the bootkit exploits a year-old vulnerabilities in Windows. 21894 is the CVE 2022 and deploys an older vulnerable Windows bootloader to exploit the bug. So the NSA has released a bunch of hardening stuff there for your viewing pleasure. 
That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow where we're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, 9 a.m. Eastern. Tune in. Come hang out. Say hello. Bring your favorite morning beverage or afternoon beverage, wherever you may be in the world, and hang out with us. Go check out our Substack and support the show. Subscribe, share, and find out all the latest there. And if you've got any story tips, you can always send those to info at cyberhubpodcast.com. Till then, have a great rest of your day, y'all. Have a successful week, and most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.